Oh, you look good tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Because we're going to hear God's word. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to preach tonight. My name is Pastor Matt. If, you, if we've never met before, it's nice to meet you. And I'm just going to share God's word with you this evening. Today, I am so excited because we get to wrap up our series on worship. How many of y'all have enjoyed this series that we've been in celebrating God? Hasn't it been incredible? We had some incredible times of worship. I am super excited to be wrapping all of this up. So today, we're going to have a very practical sermon. What do we do after today, right? After Pastor Jim, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mark, Pastor Matt, everybody gets done talking about worship. What do we do from here on is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm excited about that. So if you have your Bible, join me in the book of Psalm chapter 145 is where we're going to be this evening Today we're going to talk about worship being a lifestyle. Say that out loud with me, lifestyle. Lifestyle. We're going to talk about it being a lifestyle. It's something that we do on a daily basis. It's more than a song. It's more than the lights in here. It's more than the AC temperature so you get the goosebumps. It has nothing to do with that. It's so much more than that. Worship is a lifestyle, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, You see, Jesus went to the cross for each and every one of us. That's the foundation of our worship. That's the reason why we worship. And so uh, in order for us to make worship a lifestyle, we have to continually remember that Jesus went to the cross for our sins, that he gave us the gift of salvation that is grace. And, and, and we are so thankful for that. And that's why we worship. So as we continue through today's message, I am going to share a little bit about what it means to make it a lifestyle. And through it all, you're going to hear the same theme. And that theme is that, that Jesus died for our sins and that's why we worship. You see, I, I love the worship time of our service. It's my favorite time. And, and, and I don't know about you, before I was on staff as a pastor, that was the thing that I, I would come to first. I, I, I'd get here as early as I could to get a good seat so we had a good worship service. How many of y'all like that? Y'all like to make sure that you're in a, a good spot for worship. We have a team up here that practices hard every single week. They, they work hard to lead us into worship, and they do that, and they help get us there. But sometimes it's about clearing all of that and getting back to the true reason why we worship. It's fun to come up here and, and, and worship publicly, but there, there's something that we have to understand, and the, the key for tonight is that we walk away with the fact that praise is both public and private. That it's the two things that go along with it. That it's not just one, I'm not just going to praise publicly, and this is my church face, and I'm just excited to be here, and I'm going to worship Him. It's not about that. It's about the fact that Jesus has done something inside of me, and that's why I worship. It's that he's, he's changed me from the inside out. And so that's why I worship. And so maybe you're new to that style of worship. Maybe, maybe people lifting their hands is something that you've never experienced. But I'll tell you the reason we're able to come up here and lift our hands or you see some people jumping around and dancing is because there's something that happened in their private worship life that is celebrated in their public worship life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, I'm glad everybody's here because we're going to have a good time. So if you join me in this passage, it says this, as, as I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. 
One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, that's true to our life, that guides and directs us, that that gives us strength, God, that gives us hope, Father, but most of all, God, that helps us along our path with you, Father. And I pray as each and every one of us are on our making new and making great journey that we would look to your word and learn from it today. And I thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what I want us to do is I want us to break down this passage of scripture. There's seven scriptures and I want us to break it down into six different thoughts. Okay. And the first three thoughts that I want to do is talk about our private worship life. Again, our private worship life is so important in order for us to have a great public worship life because we have to go somewhere in our worship life in order for us to experience that as well and celebrate that outside in our public life. Uh, And so the first thing is this that we see in this passage is in verse 2. It says to praise daily. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Right? Praise daily. What does that mean? That means every single day. It's not something I clock in when I come to church and that's that's part of what I do is no, no, this is a full-time job. Monday through Friday, right? I'm sorry, Monday through Sunday. This is something we do every single day. You know, I learned something from my daughter the other day. Okay, I have a three-year-old daughter, and she's super smart. Okay, I know every parent thinks that, but seriously, Miriam is very smart. Miriam, the other day, was singing this song in the backseat of my truck after she told me how hot it was. Mommy's car is a lot cooler than Daddy's car, right? So she's, Daddy, it's hot. It's hot. That's what she was saying. But then all of a sudden, she started to sing this song. She said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are the days of the week that I count on God. And I'm listening to this, and at first I couldn't understand, what, is she, what are you singing, Miriam? Because she's singing under her breath, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, days of the week. And I said, baby, say that louder. Say it louder. And she said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are the days of the week that I count on God. And sometimes we forget that. We think it's a Sunday thing, or we think it's a Wednesday thing, and we've got to remember that it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days of the week that I count on God. And that's what keeps this going. We praise daily. Look at your neighbor and say praise. When God's at the center of your life, praising daily just feels like having a conversation with him. You praise daily. You put Jesus at the center and you remember what he did for your life. Praise just comes out of you. Praise makes so much, it's so much easier when that happens. It's what we do is we praise daily. The second thing we learn from this passage is declare who God is and what God does. Declare who God is and what God does. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. You see, praise lifts up to God how great he is. And we sing that all the time. You hear that in our songs. How great is our God and great is your faithfulness. And this is amazing grace. We do that. We lift it up. We, we tell God how great he is. But that has to happen in our private life too. That has to happen when it's just me and the Lord and I've got to tell him how great he is. 
And you might say, nothing is going right for me, Pastor Matt. Nothing. Like everything just seems like it's going downhill. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, nothing's going right. That's all I can say. Nothing is going right. I'll tell you, today you're in this room because of God's grace. And it's because of God's grace that allowed you to experience salvation. And it's because of salvation that allows each and every one of us to experience a private worship life. And that's why we sing His praises. That's why we say how great is our God. And this is amazing grace that He's given us. He's done it for each and every one of us. None of us can can say that we haven't experienced God's grace because we're here today. We praise because He's good. During your praise, let God know that He's good. Say that to Him. Speak that to Him. God loves our worship. God loves that moment when we just experience Him and it's just us one-on-one. He loves that. Declare who God is and what He's done in your life. The third thing that we learn from this is to meditate in God's presence. Meditate in God's presence. It says in verse 5, And I will meditate on your wonderful works. See, sometimes we've got to strip away all the noise and let God's greatness bless us. Sometimes we have to stop talking in order for us to let God show us how great he is. That was my problem. I love to worship, like I said. I love to worship. In fact, one of my first jobs in the church was on the worship team. And, uh, and, I, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved playing music. It was a wonderful thing. But what I got in trouble with was every time I would worship, I was all about, God, do this. And God, you're great. And, and I was telling him all of these things. But there comes a moment where we have to meditate on God's presence and let him speak those whispers of greatness into our ear. And so I can recall being uh, uh, about... Uh, I guess I was about 22, 23 years old and, uh, and thinking that I was going to be a youth pastor the rest of my life and nothing else was going to change that. The, the thought of being a connections pastor wasn't there and, 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 and that's what I thought and, and God had other plans for me and so every time I'd worship Him, it would come out in that and I would, I would tell Him, God, I'm so thankful that you called me into worship and I'm going to be a youth pastor and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I, I just remember a moment where I was in my dorm room by myself Nobody else around, and I began to worship and meditate in his presence. And God said, I didn't call you to a specific person. I called you to pastor people. And so God began to plant these dreams inside of me that I would have been so scared about any time anyone would have said anything else other than speaking to students and, and, and speaking to adults would have, would, have, would have scared me. But God started to speak dreams into me and he started to do great things in me. And some of us in the room just have to meditate in God's presence in our private time so he can start speaking those great things. You might say, I'm so confused with where my life's going. I'm not too sure where it's going, but I'll tell you, just meditate on his presence and let God start to speak to you. Strip everything away, all the noise, all the, the lights and, and, and everything like that and begin to meditate on his presence. A couple Sundays ago, I was driving here. Uh, I, I get here pretty early in the morning and so I'm leaving my house and as I was leaving my house, I could see the sun rising. And no music on, it's just me driving here to church. And I was watching the sunrise go up. And the first thing that came into my mind was, wow, how great is God? I didn't say it out loud. I just, 
It was a moment of, of, of meditation where I was just saying, how great is our God? It was this natural thing that was happening. The sun has to rise on a daily basis. But because of a private worship time that happens on a daily basis, it allows me to speak to God even in a moment of meditation where I say, God, you are so great. And it's evident by just this sunrise today. The fact that I got up today is an amazing thing. Meditation allows us to stop what we're doing. And let God speak a plan into our heart. Allow God to, to show us how good he is. It allows God to just say, hey, I'm with you. And there's times in our walk with Christ that we need to be reminded that God's with us. That song that we just sang, I'm not alone. Some of you tonight, that was your prayer. You were saying, God, I feel alone. I feel like nobody's around. And God's saying, just meditate on my presence and I'm going to begin to speak to you. I'm going to begin to tell you great things. We have a great worship ministry here at Westover Hills. And, and, and we're honored to have a, a guest with us this evening. And, and so I thought it would be appropriate to, to have Pastor Lindsay, one of our worship pastors, and Pastor Elmer, who's our guest, to come out here and and I want you to hear from our worship pastors on what worship means to them in their private life. And so, so if we could just pause for a second here, and we're going we're gonna to interview our worship pastors here and, uh, and hear from them about private worship. Thank you guys so much for, for doing this. Uh, the first thing I want us to, uh, to kind of hear from them is this, is, is when did you guys feel like you were called into worship ministry, right? Well, it, it's, there, there's such a wide range of, of ministry that can happen. But, but Pastor Lindsay, you know, the church knows you uh, uh, um, and, and they know you've been here for a while. So let's let Pastor Elmer start this one off just so you can kind of tell the church who you are and where you come from and all that kind of stuff. But let us know, when did God plant that in your heart to be in worship ministry? Yeah, uh, thank you guys for allowing me to worship with you guys. You guys are amazing, first of all. Uh, amazing church. Uh, well, my name is Elmer Cañas. Uh, I've, I've been involved in music since I was a little kid. I, I grew up singing in Spanish church um, with my mom. And I, I, I look Asian, but I'm actually Latino, so <laughs> don't get it confused. Uh, but it was when I was a teenager uh, when, you know, I grew up singing as a kid, but it wasn't until I made a decision myself to be involved in church. And I had my own experience with God, my own convictions. And in serving God, in worshiping in youth group, youth ministry, um, that, that led me to a place where um, I knew worship was special. And in th through certain experiences in worship, God was able to do something in my life. And I just felt that's something I want to make others aware of, of just the presence and the power of, of who God is. And, uh, and 20 years later, I'm still doing it and in love with, with God. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Pastor Lindsay, what about you? When did you feel that call uh, to worship? Well, for me, I have been involved in worship since I was a little girl. Um, I grew up in a church in Houston, and they really cultivated um, a culture of worship. And I remember being in kids' church, standing in front of all the kids in kids' church, leading worship from a young age, and that carried on through middle school and high school. And I've just loved God all along the way, and somehow it just became my passion and who I am. I knew I was always called to ministry, but worship has been a part of who I am since I was a little girl, so from the start. 
Wonderful, wonderful. So, so really to dive into what we're talking about today, when you guys hear that worship's a lifestyle, now for you, you've got to separate that a little bit because part of worship's your job, you know, and, and what God's called you to do. But worship is a lifestyle. What does that mean to you guys? Yeah, um, I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> she had a really good answer when we are going over this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to use your answer. No, for, for me, a lifestyle of worship is, is a choice. It's a choice you make every day. And like I said earlier, as a teenager, I made a choice to worship. I made a choice to follow this and pursue this. Um, but in our obedience to God, we worship. In our, in our daily obedience, in our daily responses, we sing songs not because they're on a screen, but they have the most impact in our lives when we choose to sing them in our life and they just come to life. And uh, I think it's a decision. It's a choice we make every day to obey God and to respond to his word. Pastor Lindsay? Um, for me, it is choosing every single day to seek the presence of God and creating space for him to speak to me, no matter where that is, um, what I'm doing, but always making myself aware that he's with me and truly asking God, okay, God, what is it that you're speaking to me today? God, show me where you're at today. I, I want to be in your presence. And so making space for that always invites the presence of God into your life. Absolutely. So last question. And Pastor Lindsay, I want you to answer this. Uh, being one of ours um, and, and letting the church hear your heart, what drives you to worship? If, if we were to get back down to the heart of everything, what drives you to worship? For me, it is I have to have the presence of God to be who I am and to be what I believe God has called me to be. I have to be in the presence of God. Um, there's been moments in my life where I, I, one in particular in my, I was 21 years old and I was walking through the most horrifying, unimaginable thing that I've ever had to walk through. And I remember a moment, I can see it vividly. I remember being laid out on carpet, crying out to God, God, I need you. God, I need your presence. Because I, I, I didn't have words to say. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't muster words because I was so broken. So in my brokenness, all I could do was cry out for God. All I could do was say the name of Jesus. And so I've had those broken moments where I've laid before the Lord and said, Jesus, because I couldn't do anything else because the only thing that was going to heal my brokenness was the presence of God. The only thing that was going to get me through what I was walking through was the presence of God. And so I literally had to strip everything away. I couldn't rely upon anything else. I was laying on carpet on cement floor in the back of our church. There was no lights. There was no smoke. There was no click tracks or band or vocalist. It was me and God. And it was only the presence of God that was going to heal my life. And that's what I needed in that moment. So when I think about what drives me for worship, it's I need the presence of God because I cannot do what he's called me to do. And I cannot be who God has created me to be if I don't operate out of his presence. And so I just encourage you today, excuse me, I don't just get it. <laughs> so if, and so I told pastor Matt there, we've all had those broken moments. And so you may feel alone and you may feel broken. And out of that brokenness, you can seek the presence of God. And that's, what's going to heal you. Amen. Amen. See church, private worship brings breakthrough, but the only way we get to breakthrough is if we get all the distractions out of our mind. Distractions rob us from private worship. 
whether it's your job or, or a relationship in your life or some task that you don't need to be worrying about. It could be worry or anxiety. All of these are distractions that get in the way and they steal our private worship. They steal those moments that we have. And sometimes we just have to completely wash everything away and just clear the stage for God to speak to us. Clear the stage and set the sound and the lights ablaze If that's the measure you must take to cross the idols Jerk the pews and all the decorations too Until the congregation's fueling half revival Tell your friends that this is where the party ends Until you're broken for your sins You can't be social And seek the Lord and wait for what He has in store And know that great is your reward So just be hopeful Cause you can sing all you want to Yes, you can Sing all you want to You can sing all you want to Still get it wrong Oh, worship is more than a song is an idol and anything I want with all my heart is an idol and anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol and anything that I give all my 
Private worship requires us to take everything out of our life. Distractions, worries, everything that could keep us from realizing what Jesus has done for us. We move that away. And I go back to the statement I said earlier. Public praise celebrates breakthroughs that came in private praise. Public praise celebrates breakthroughs that came in private praise. Church, we've got to get to a point where worship is our lifestyle. We've got to get to that point where we just allow God to speak to our heart. And, and, and you know, it's great when we have times of worship. And I'll tell you, tonight was an incredible worship service with people just lifting their hands and surrendering to God. But those moments don't happen until we do it inside of here. And, and, and we've got to get to that point where we take all of those we clear the stage and we realize that worship is more than the songs we sing here. And it's more than the lights and it's more than our best friend being next to us or, or, or someone else that we want to sit by. It's about what God is doing deep down inside of here is, is private worship. Public praise. Public praise is this. Is if we go back to our verse, we're in... We're in Psalm chapter 145, verse 6, it says, proclaim God's power. Proclaim God's power. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. God's power is so great, church, that we can't even comprehend what it is. We can't comprehend what God could even do. And, and I love what verse 3, I'm going to kind of take us back a few verses. I love what verse 3 says. It says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. If none of us can fathom, then publicly, the, we publicly praise because there's not an, uh, an amount of worship or an amount of worshipers that can justify how powerful God is. It's this moment where we realize that He can do all things, and that's why we praise Him. It's this moment where we realize that, yes, he might, I might not see what He's doing in my life right now, but I'm going to publicly worship Him in knowing the fact that He's so powerful that He's still at work in my life. He's still at work in my life. The second thing we know about public praise is this, is that we celebrate God's goodness. We celebrate God's goodness. They celebrate your abundant goodness. Psalm 145 verse 7 says, You see, church, we praise because He forgives sins. We praise because He heals illness. 
We praise because he spared you and me. We praise because he sent his son for us. We praise because Jesus walks with us. We praise because the Holy Spirit guides us. And we praise because he's good. And so again, this type of worship might be different. But I'm telling you, if Jesus has done something in your heart, it's our response to his goodness. Would we be a church that would be, a, we, we would be about the response to Jesus? Uh, has somebody done something so good for you that you just wanted to reciprocate that? Right? They go out of their way to do something for you that you just wanted to get them something. You know what? I'm going to get them a gift card. They did something great for me. You want to reciprocate that. Church, Jesus if we just think about that name, just Jesus, like that automatically makes me just get excited about something. Jesus, if I start thinking about what my life would have looked like without Jesus, it starts to change what's inside of me. I start to put a smile on my face and then I say Jesus again. And, and then all of a sudden my hands might go up and worship and I start to surrender to him because it's about Jesus. Celebrating is easy when we look to what God has done for us. There was a song that we used to sing when I was younger. This is going to take us back a few years, but it says, when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus and how he set me free, it says, I'm going to dance, dance, dance all night. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. When I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, it changes things. And so what we're going to do is is we're going to do what this last point says. This last point says to sing joyfully. And I told the guys, I said, Let, let's not come out with, with, with you know, all the music blazing. Let, let's get back to the heart of worship. Right? Remember the old song? That's what we're going to sing tonight is the... I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And so as the, they, they come back, would you just stand with me? Would you just stand? And this is what we're going to do. Is if maybe you don't feel like worshiping, maybe Wednesday's your longest day at work. But can I tell you, Jesus did something for you. Okay? Maybe you had a rough week. Jesus did something for you, okay? Maybe you are waiting on the doctor to tell you what the news is. Jesus is about to do something, okay? And so that's why we worship, okay? So we're, we're, we're going to go back into this song. And for a moment, if you feel comfortable, if you want to come up to this front and just worship him, if you want to stay in your seats, if you want to walk around, you worship the way you want to worship. But for just a moment, can we just get back to that, the heart of worship? Would you praise and worship with us today? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Alfred. When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's worth will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself 
is not what you have required. You search much deeper. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you. something if you feel comfortable would you lift your hands to Jesus would we just end this worship series with just a moment of worship would you tell God in your own words how great he is would you tell God how wonderful he's been to you would you tell God how how incredible he is father we thank you God for your greatness Lord we celebrate you God today Father, you've been so good to us. You've been so good to us, God. 
And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing, what you've done, Father, in our lives. And, and God, we look to you that worship wouldn't be a series, that worship wouldn't be a moment in our service, but worship would be our lifestyle, God. Worship would be something that comes from deep down inside of us, God. That it would be the thing that comes from our heart, God. Because you've changed us, Jesus. You've moved us, God, into new paths that only you can do, God. And Jesus, today we put our eyes on you. We put our eyes on you, God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Father, I pray over our church today that we would be a church that would be a church that would respond to your goodness, God. That we wouldn't wait till the second or third song to get warmed up in worship. But because it's a lifestyle, we walk in ready to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Father, I pray blessing over our church today. Be with them throughout this week, God. Remind us of your good word. And it's in Jesus' holy and mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today. You are dismissed. God bless you.